Haven't you heard? A queen is on the rise. Wear a mini hat so she can open up your eyes. Join the convo, the podcast is lit. Cop a pen to the spice up your fit, yeah. She's a producer, you can buy her to a remix. She do the most, but she ain't come to do the least. Whether it's the combo or the music you want, find it all here at tttalks.com. Come and stimulate your mind with tttalks. Promise you'll never fall behind when tttalks. The knowledge you're seeking, you can find when tttalks.com. So come on and get with tttalks, yeah. Peace, family. It's your girl, T.T. from T.T. Talks. I'm so glad to be back behind the mic again to bring you some more bomb content. Thank you all for your engagement online as well as the T.T. Talks Facebook group. And a special thank you to my patrons on Patreon. I have been able to use those funds to hire folks as well as donate to community organizations. I truly appreciate it. Make sure you follow T.T. Talks on social media and join the T.T. Talks Facebook group and subscribe to the podcast on tttalks.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and now iHeartRadio. So episode 32 is here, and I decided to drop it a little bit early. A few weeks ago, I reached out to my sister, Dr. Yeli Chile, about being on the podcast. I really wanted to talk about warrior woman, gender roles, and black womanhood in general, as well as incorporating some information about Nana Harriet Tubman, since Harriet Tubman is a huge point of focus in Dr. Chile's research. Then right before our pre-scheduled call, in a clearly agitated state, Kanye West decided to mention Nana at his political rally in South Carolina. When Harriet Tubman, well, Harriet Tubman never actually freed the slaves. She just had the slaves go work for other white people. Y'all, we leaving right now. <sighs> Since I don't talk about Kanye, I figured I'd use this moment to focus on the matron saint of Black America. If you have posted about Kanye but haven't posted about the amazing Harriet Tubman, shame on you. Come sit down and learn more about this dynamic woman from the only podcast that will deliver you something this edutaining. Thank you, Dr. Achille, for this enlightening discussion. Let's make sure we share this content like we share dysfunction. Peace, family. It's your girl, TT from TT Talks. Super excited this morning. A couple weeks ago, I reached out to uh, to my sister, Dr. Yeli Ichile, and um, I was like, I feel like we need to have a TT Talks conversation. You, you have a lot of really dope things to say, and you know, with her background, which I'll have her go into, uh, I'm just really curious to kind of have a conversation and explore a lot of things that I've been seeing just around me and conversations that I've been having on the interwebs. And then late last night, <laughs> I see a post and and Kanye West is at it again um saying some very interesting uh, things in regards to Harriet Tubman and we'll go into the details and the specifics of that and I was like oh my gosh how apropos that he would um uh say that right before uh Yelly and I have a conversation about uh womanhood and warrior womanhood and and what's interesting is one of her areas of expertise and study is actually Harriet Tubman. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for coming. Um, tell a little, tell everybody a little bit about who you are, what you do, and 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 we'll kind of segue into some Harriet Tubman talk for real. Oh, heck. Um, so I am um, a PhD in African diaspora history. Uh, I'm a mom. I'm an African woman. Uh, I'm a nomad. Um, I study the history and culture of people of African descent globally. Um, of course, with uh, the central point of departure being Africa itself to understand that history, that culture, the legacy. And also, um, I focus specifically on African liberation, African resistance movements, but also efforts to not just resist what we don't like and what oppresses us, but also how we build liberation movements. How do we seek freedom? Um, which is different from resisting oppression. Building freedom is, is uh, the second leg of that. And how we do that through culture, how we do that by holding on to the best of, of what makes us African. I specifically have an interest in the participation of women 
in this process, um, the feminine in this process, families and children in this process, spirituality in this process, art and aesthetics in, in this process. Um, because I think a people who cannot envision freedom mm. and people who mm. are not able to participate in their own liberation truly cannot make it manifest. So indeed, indeed, yeah. indeed. So I had her explain all of that so that we can know that she is fully and highly qualified to go in depth on this conversation. Um, you know, I have, I'm one of those people who kind of has a lot of, you know, lay knowledge about several different things, but you know, my area of expertise is, you know, physical therapy or, you know, massage therapy or whatever I'm doing. And it's important that when we're having these conversations around history, around historical figures, around uh, gender dynamics, around um, African movements across the diaspora, it's extremely important that we are having these conversations with our historians and with our anthropologists. Um, and, and the internet is making it so much easier now to be able to do that. Um, to be able to have these types of conversations. Cause I see a lot of people having conversations and they are talking about things that they just, you can tell they've not had a lot of expertise in. They've never sat under somebody who has dedicated their life to this. You know, that they'll read a couple of Google things and, you know, maybe a couple of YouTube videos and they may even get a book off Amazon or something like that. And then after doing those couple of things, they're just automatically this guru um, who has this vast knowledge and it's like, no, that's actually like a beginning step into yeah. developing, um, you know, a particular expertise. So I'm saying mm -hmm. all this, encouraging all my people out there who are having a lot of conversations, um, around a lot of very, um, nuanced topics, um, to, 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 to reach out to some, uh, to people who do this for like a living, who, who, who this is what they do. Yeah. Um, and, and, and be able to bounce your ideas off of them and learn from them and, and, and even the other way around, cause it's always an exchange, but, um, just the level of information that a lot of our historians and anthropologists, um, the information that they have access to, um, a lot of times isn't what somebody who's just casually researching something on the internet has access to. So, um, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that encouraging my good folks who are having these conversations on the interweb, you know, <laughs> reach out to some professionals. It'll be cool just to, to, to explore that. Um, right. but you know, uh, moving forward, I have a little rule on my show where I don't talk about Kanye West. <laughs> I just, oh. <laughs> I just, I don't talk about him in general just because it's, it just, it seems kind of pointless and it kind of, I'm, I'm not really trying to sensationalize anything. Um, yeah. but I, I only mentioning him in reference to, uh, Dr. Chile and I going into a conversation, um, about Harriet Tubman mm -hmm. and, and last night, uh, I know you and I, we saw the post where, uh, he, it seemed to be, to be, he was kind of all over the place. Um, but there was one particular incident where he's like, you know, he's like, Harriet Tubman never actually freed any, um, slaves she just you know sent them to work for other white people um and if you are not very well read i mean that could appeal to you in some way if 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 you if you're not familiar with any type of information if you never have read about harriet tubman outside of watching a couple of movies or or things like that so let's talk about was any part of that statement true let's start with that <laughs> Um, so yeah, so Kanye, I, I have a personal policy of trying not to talk about him either. Yes. So we're going to break the rules today a little bit for the, for the interest sure, of sure. ancestors property and not allowing people to malign them in yes, a weird way. Absolutely. Um, actually, this goes back to something I wanted to say. First, I wanted to thank you for, for making the point that you made about people needing to check in with those of us who have dedicated our lives and our professional work to this. Um, one of my students the other day kind of was like, I read black history stuff all the time. Like, I think I could teach, I, I could teach, I can do your job. And I'm like, okay, well, one of the things that makes me, me, and the reason I'm the teacher right now is because 
it's not just about how many books you can read on a topic. We all know people actually tend to read books that they agree with that already kind of mm-hmm. align with where they are and their ideology about things. Mm-hmm. But when you go through graduate school programs, particularly a good graduate school program, you read a lot of things you disagree with too. Mm-hmm. You, your ideas are tested. You go to class and you have debates with other people who disagree in your learning community. You have critique from your professors. You have to go through the gauntlet mm-hmm. at of other people challenging your ideas and then you have to defend your ideas to get out essentially Mm -hmm. right and if you've never had your ideas tested like that challenged bumped up against other ideas that differ and you've never had to refine them to the degree that they can stand up in a bunch of different spaces yeah that's what that's where the expertise really comes if you've never allowed your ideas to evolve and also be influenced and shaped by different ideas mm-hmm. right like I, my ideas are still evolving but i know enough to know what i don't know right i know enough to allow them to evolve and change over time if i find something that makes more sense mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. but people i mean so rigidity is also not a sign of expertise right very true um and i think um, as it relates to this whole Kanye <laughs> issue, it's it's really obvious that there are people who really want to support him because of who he is as a as a figure. Mm-hmm. Some people just us uh, they align with the familiar, right? Some people are stuck in a moment in which this is the Kanye of college dropout. And that's that's who they'd want to be their president, right? Right. This is not the Kanye of college dropout. I won't diagnose him. I'm going to leave that up to the psychology experts to talk about what mental health issues may be apparent. But what he's saying about Harriet Tubman, I believe that there's this Black entrepreneurship group of folks that are very interested in Black financial literacy and financial empowerment. And that's fine. But I think they could look at a comment like that that he made about Harriet Tubman, essentially delivering these enslaved Africans to other white masters, right? I think they could look at that and say, yeah, and that's why we have to start our own businesses and work for ourselves and be self-reliant. <sighs> yeah. I can understand yeah. someone looking at it from that perspective, but someone who kind of just takes it, it takes, takes, you know, takes, if that is your takeaway, then that means there's so much more you're not seeing. There's so yeah. much more you don't about the true nature of chattel slavery. Mm-hmm. Um, how much research have you really done to know what those people did post-freedom? Like when they got there. Right, right. Right? Exactly. It's from a place of like having gone to the archives and done the background research to find out what all these people did once they got free. Did they all have white masters or did they establish communities and businesses for themselves? Like that's, even just that, it's just reckless to say that without really knowing that story. And then we saw in in further comments that he made that he couldn't even remember the names of other historical examples that he was trying to kind of bring up. So um, he kind of discredited any type of kind of historical ground he might have been trying to stand on in making a comment about uh, Nana Harriet. And, um, to, and, and, and again, no one can conflate being a, a, an employee to being a chattel slave. I just don't even, yeah. Anyway. (laughs) So, um, yeah, it's just reckless, but I, I, I mean, I'd rather focus, I guess now on how amazing Harriet was and what her standpoint might be on, um, on some of these things. We speak a lot for our ancestors, you know, Mm -hmm. we claim to know what they would do and what they think. Um, there was a lot of people saying Harriet would have, would have, you know, punch him in the face, you know, or something, you know, but, um, you know, I don't even claim to always know what I think Harriet would have done in these situations. She was was somewhat unpredictable and Mm. and more creative, I think, than I am, you know, Mm. Mm -hmm. um, but so were many of the other ancestors and so were many of the other courageous people that traveled with her. Um, so you never know. I, I always tend to give our ancestors more credit for being strong people mm-hmm. and people who definitely knew self-reliance. We were not dependents. We weren't brought here as dependents. Like most of us who ate, we, we grew our own food, like on the side, in the cut. You know, most of us taught them how to do all of the amazing things that they've done, the, 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 the slave holding classes of people. Like we taught them how to cultivate rice. We taught them how to you know, find, you know, or find medicines and cures for things. Like we were not the dependents they were. 
And um, so the a person who could say what Kanye says not only has maybe potentially some mental health issues, but just a fundamental misunderstanding of the dynamics that were taking place at that time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I was, um, the first thing I thought about when, when I heard that comment was, um, when she went with the U S military for the, the, the river raid up in, what is it in Kambahi? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The river raid. And, um, you know, her expertise, um, was able to free like 700, <laughs> uh, 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 people it like in one day, like they just rolled up in there and rolled out with 700 people in a day. Of course, there was a lot of planning that went, you know, ahead yeah. of that, but, um, and I'm just like, so she sent all them people to some white people. It, is that really what happened? She sent all these people, to some white people, <laughs> all 700 of them, the, the, the several trips that she made back and forth. It's like, and, and I'm not saying that there, there could have been an aspect of what he said that, you know, an incident where it could be true, where maybe she brought someone there and maybe they went to work in a house for a white person or something like that. But, you know, we've always been very all over the place. Black people have been all over the place. You could find us in somebody's house. You can find us in a dock. You can find us in a garden. You can find us everywhere. So just to say that she was just shooing Africans from one place to the next, <laughs> you know what I mean? Is um, very short-sighted. She always was very um, liberation minded and, and very, and just very God oriented. She was just so entrenched in the spiritual world and, and, um, and, and, and a lot of what drove her was intangible. It, it, it was, it was an inside job, you know, that was going on with her. Um, and, and just the, the level of danger that she was in all the time, <laughs> you know, she, in a, she probably was never even able to really truly relax until like her old age. That really was probably the only time, you know, everybody always had a hit on for her life. You know what I mean? She yeah. was always in these dangerous situations. And so um, that's why I'm so excited to just really talk about who she was as a woman and and as a person and and even as a, a very cool model for womanhood. Um, it's it's very it, it challenges a lot of um, Western ideas about what is feminine mm-hmm. from the classical Western model. Um, and, and we're entrenched in that because we live here. And so, um, and so, yes. So let's like kind of explore. And what's, what's even more interesting is, you know, uh, Nana Harriet is, is from Maryland, was from Maryland. And, Mm -hmm. uh, sister Yelly is now in that whole Maryland DC area up there. And so she's actually in a lot of physical, you know, she's in the physical area of where Harriet was doing her thing. And you also do, um, kind of like, it, do you ever do tours or anything or take the trails of, of places there where she was? I think I recall you saying something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have to do more with it. And, mm-hmm. you know, just when I kind of tried to get started back up on going on these tours and taking people on these tours, you know, we kind of got stuck in this whole pandemic situation. Yeah. But yeah, um, I definitely have been to Harriet Tubman Country. Uh, I've been to the National Historic Site and uh, visited some of the trails. And they're just, a, it's just amazing. And it's its so powerful and exciting to just think about her having set foot in these places and, 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 and creeping through these woods, these very woods and, you know, things like that. It's, it's been amazing. I think my goal is for us to visit the places that are sacred to our people and to pour libation for them there, commune with them there, Um, those community ancestors of ours. You know, like we have our own personal relationships with our personal lineage, our personal ancestors, Mm -hmm. but I think it's so important to lift the names of those who really did work for all of us and continue to work for all of us. I was talking to my, my dear friend Raquel this morning, and I was telling her that I think, you know, people really underestimate the power of white juju. Mm-hmm. But they call their ancestors all the time. They they these buildings with their names on them, the yeah. street names. These are all shrines. These are all ways of honoring mm-hmm. and lifting the name of their ancestors. And I just feel like we should be making sure to do the same thing 
um, which empowers them to help and work in our lives in a greater way as well. So Harriet Tubman is always going to be called. I'm always going to seek her out and try to bring more people to a, a more, uh, a more accurate, um, and, and victorious understanding of her. Absolutely. I, and, and I, and I appreciate it so much. Um, she's, she's, I tell people she's like a patron saint of, of African-Americans, um, seriously. Um, and, and we have several of those, you know, on, you know, on this land in the Caribbean, on the continent of just, you know, patron, patron saints who we just hold in, in high regard. And for the people who, who are honoring them, keep doing it. Um, and to the ones who that may not be something that you were generally exposed to, um, just, you know, start by learning about them. You know, when you start to learn about our historical figures, um, in a very serious way, you know, that helps to kind of incite something for you to want to know more. And then as you start to know them, then you kind of want them to be a part of your life and your energy and your, you know, there may be some parts of the, their ideology that you may take and kind of, you know, shape into your own, you know, personal ideologies. I know I definitely take a lot of um, what Nana Harriet does and kind of incorporate it into my own personal brand of womanhood. Um, and, and I know a lot of women who do that, you know, we, you know, Nana Harriet is one, uh, Nana Ida B. Wells is one that, mm-hmm. you know, I hear a lot and, you know, we could just go down the list. There's so, there's so many just wonderful, mm-hmm. powerful, um, African warrior women and men who, um, who have just really stood in the vanguard in, in trying to improve our situation here, whether it was trying to help us develop what we already had here, whether it was like, we ain't developing nothing else here. We're going somewhere else, whether mm-hmm. they were on some maroon stuff and they would be like, well, we ain't going nowhere, but we ain't going over there either. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, you know, we've always expressed ourselves as that's why I'm like very surprised that people are upset that everybody in black America ain't on one accord, you know, right now it's like, we've always had kind of differing views. There were some people that wanted to do one thing and there were some people that wanted to do other things. Um, we just have to learn how to more effectively, um, be able to coexist or not, however we want to, and still be able to remain peaceful and focus on dismantling, uh, white supremacy systems. Um, Cause no matter where we fall on the line on this side, it's very clear that there's a lot of opposing forces um, coming our way. So yes, I just, um, I want you to talk a little bit more, give us just a little, it's hard to say this. <laughs> I was about to say, tell, give us a real quick rundown about who Harriet Tubman is, but give us like the cliff notes for anybody. I'm sure that a lot of my listeners are very familiar with her, but just in case, cause I'm always surprised by who listens. I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm very surprised. People tell me that they listen. I I had some lady bagging at, at Publix. Some old white lady told me she liked my show. I was confused, but I was like, okay, great. That's um, cool. So that's what I'm saying. I never know who's listening. So, um, mm-hmm. so let me know. Let's let's talk about who Harriet. You know, where was she born, and kind of like her early life things that kind of shaped who she became. Okay. So Harriet Tubman is uh, a young, uh, as a woman who was born under the name Arminta. And uh, she was born here in the Eastern shore of Maryland uh, and had a very typical experience, I think for this region for an enslaved girl. Um, What made her story a little bit unique is even though she was kind of bounced around and had different types of working environments, she had to like trap muskrats and, you know, she did she did the agricultural thing, but she she did housework. She did all of the different things, mm-hmm. but she uh, she had two parents. She had her mother and father who were very intentional about mm-hmm. raising all of their children if they could. And um, and then her her brothers and sisters were sold away at various times. Um, but she had the benefit of having had a connection with her birth parents, which many of us did not have. Mm. Um Parents, parents actually tend to be sold away, not the children, right? Because if they were sold because the owners needed money, the parents were more valuable so they could mm-hmm. make more money from the sale of a parent. But um, she didn't lose her parents. Her parents did lose some of the children, um, but she, she learned a really important set of skills. Also, there's an important book that you could check out called Equal Under the Lash. I think that's what it's called. But it's, it's, it, is, it does discuss gender, but I think 
what we find is Harriet Tubman did the work that people would assume that enslaved women were not doing. She cut timber with her father. You know, she was um, she was just physically um, small, but also really strong. And she had an, an African grandmother who was directly mm-hmm. from the continent who mm-hmm. taught her um, an, an important an important worldview that some of us by that time, by the 1820s, 30s, 40s, had had uh, kind of been somewhat divorced from, mm. right? Um, so for me, Harriet from, from day one is like this Pan-African figure who has a connection to this African-American experience, but also very much um, connected in real time to an African experience. Mm-hmm. And so I love that about her because I think we need to really understand the ways in which we are connected. And she kind of stands there in that, in that gap uh, on mm-hmm. that spectrum. Um, but Harriet Tubman is known for being joyful. That's something I think that's so important to the understanding of the human experience. What allows black strength to be what it is, is the fact that we can always still find joy. Um, she was super funny, super talented, had an artistic side. She was uh, a, a beautiful singer. She was a creative storyteller. Um, she had a feminine side. She liked nice things. She liked a little butter in her coffee. But, but back, back then, I'm assuming it was kind of used like cream. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so whenever she could find little spaces of self-care or, or you know, luxuries yeah. for people, Enslaved, she took the opportunity to do that. That's part of maintaining sanity is mm. to say, I'm, I'm human. I deserve something nice. Um, and she cared about people so deeply. She was doing something that comes up a lot in my research was mothering, you know, caring for other people because she had a mother of her own. She had that in her life. She had that from her father. She had, her, she had that from her community. Um, so Harriet was someone who like many of our ancestors never accepted slavery. There's this narrative that we just kind of, at some point were so beat down and downtrodden that we kind of just accepted this as our lot in life. But what Harriet's story shows us is that many, many, many of us, the majority of us never accepted this. We mm-hmm. always knew this was an unnatural way of being, mm-hmm. um, which is why I prefer to say enslaved people as opposed to slaves. Mm-hmm. Slaves almost to sound like a natural condition, right? Enslaved means it's a set of conditions imposed on you by someone else. This is not something you accept. And um, so she was supported in using those skills to get people free. And those other people also use their skills to, to, to get themselves free. So this is a group. This, these are groups of people. Um, and she did get many, many people out. She went on, um, how many missions? There's so many debates about the number of missions, I guess, but ultimately she freed a ton of people and we won't debate about numbers. And um, had I mean the stories she would tell about it. There's a corpus of Harriet's stories. Hmm. I love the fact that they're like story. She would reenact the stories for you and use this to inspire new generations of people. She built institutions even afterwards. She supported the establishment of other Black organizations like the National Association of Colored Women, for instance. You know, she just she she never forgot that. In addition to being an African woman, she was also a woman. <laughs> I mean, right. She was an awesome right. woman. She, she had love. She had, you know, she had a romantic life that was something that she allowed herself to have. Um, I think some of us feel like in order to be about the people and the liberation of the people, you must sacrifice those other aspects of yourself, mm. uh, those other aspects of your experience. Um, so again, for me as a woman, I'm looking at this as a model for my life that I, you know, I believe that I do positive work for the liberation of African people, but I also am a woman. I also practice self-care. I also am a mother. And I try to make sure that that's always a part of how I explain myself, how I biographically describe myself in the world. She is who she is because of the community. I am because we are. That's definitely kind of Mm -hmm. how Harriet understood herself. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And that was a wonderful rundown of, of who she is. You know, I, I, it's hard to encapsulate such a dynamic uh, figure and just condense it into, you know, 40 characters on Twitter or something like, or 80 characters or whatever they got going on now. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. But I, I appreciate how you um, touched on that because 
uh, we don't hear about a lot of the other sides of Harriet, you know, they're talking about, about her being artistic, about her being a little fancy, you know, about her um, having having a romantic side and all of those things. And so uh, this is why it's important to talk to historians so you can kind of uh, get a little bit more um, robust description of either the historical figure or the historical time. Because, <laughs> you know, with me and just... And and I feel like I'm somebody who knows probably a little bit more than the average person about Harriet Tubman, but um, definitely I have not read or been exposed to the extent yeah. to which Dr. Chile has. And so even though I've read a few books on Harriet, even though, you know, I watch Cicely Tyson play her all day, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, and even though I had a lot of critique of the Harriet movie that just dropped, I did have some good things to say. And and Dr. Chile did a, an amazing video. I'll I will somehow incorporate the link so y'all can watch that video of just her interpretation of the movie Harriet. Um, it was just it was just wonderfully broken down, and with her expertise and perspective, I'm sure that. Um, you know, it'll it'll add uh, some interesting points into whether you did or did not enjoy the film um, or whatever. I won't get sidetracked by that because uh, that's a whole nother discussion in itself. But um, I, I really appreciate that um, because it's important that we understand um, so that we can have uh, a lot more. Uh, it, it, it helps us to be able to immediately ascertain when Kanye West or somebody else says something about our historical figures, we can immediately ascertain, yeah, that is incomplete or, or you know, <laughs> how he's thinking or it's not all the way accurate or, I mean, there could be some truth there, but I could tell he didn't flesh that out all the way. Um, and, 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 and really think about it. And when you have that type of information, you're able to quickly discern that with things that you see in pop culture. Um, yeah. Um, and, and it's important during this time, just because, you know, um, you know, the media is being used a lot to kind of manipulate um, us emotionally, particularly right now, particularly during this pandemic, um, particularly during just election season, just the media is really being used just to kind of swing people, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, all over the place by their ponytails. So if you're walking around with these half-baked facts, you're just going to be tossed all over the place. You know what I mean? <laughs> without any type of informational grounding um, to be able to have a solid conversation or debate about, you know, what actually is going on. So um, I just want to know, do you know of any, you know, just good places for people to start if they want to learn more about Harriet Tubman? Like if there's a particular film or book or. I mean, like, like looking at these books. Like, you're like, what I got, what I got, what I got. Like if somebody. I only have a few of my books here at home. Everything else is still in my office, which I can't access because our campus is closed down. But um, there, oh, here it is. It's, here, it's this one. Look at God. <laughs> oh. I like this book. It's, um, it's Harriet Tubman, The Life and Life Stories. It's a collection put together. It's curated by Jean Humez. But what I like about this, so the author does a little bit of um, introductory work and like, um, I mean, I guess interpreting but these are stories. These are basically Harriet's own stories that she would tell. And also this writer kind of referees all these other major books about Harriet and talks about the, the history graphical nature of them, like how they were crafted, mm -hmm. like the Sarah Bradford book, for instance, like that's discussed here. And like the, the idea of audience and the idea of all of Harriet's various translators, the people who spoke for her and put out these kind of biographical works about Harriet, all of that is kind of discussed in this book. So it helps you kind of navigate other sources about Harriet. Mm. And, and it kind of organizes her stories into categories of stories that she would tell. So I like this because I feel like it's, it helps us get a glimpse into, and also it's stories of people who knew her as well and yeah. their impression of Harriet too. So like, I would love for someone to have a book like this about me. Like if I do something really amazing, I would like a book like this. Like, what did I think about myself? What did other people in my community think about me? How did they feel about me? Good, bad, and ugly too, you know? Right, right. Um, the main takeaway I got from that book is that Harriet tried everything. 
Like Harriet would respect the marchers and Harriet would give respect to the people pulling down the monuments and Harriet would give respect to people trying to pass legislation and Harriet would give respect to people who were like, I'm, I'm not dealing with any of that. I'm straight up revolution. I'm burning it all down. Like Harriet, essentially, if you were trying to work for the liberty, liberation of African people, Harriet could probably get behind you some kind of way and support you in some kind of way. She supported John Brown's raid at Harper's Ferry, but also tried to free people by joining the U.S. military. She was like, I'll try whatever it takes. Like, it, at the end of the day, if my people get something called uh, akin to freedom, I'm going to try to push them there and support whoever else is heading in that direction. So I liked, I it, it took a little pressure off of me mm. learning that about her mm. um, because I feel like we kind of get in your little, our little silos of like, mm-hmm. I'm a cultural nationalist. I'm a revolutionary nationalist. This is the only way we don't get free. And it's like, no, this is a multifaceted, problem that we're facing maybe those people who are doing like civil rights legislation and you think that that's mild or something like that and it's just not enough that's just a half measure or whatever maybe those people who are doing that are creating the breathing room for you Mm. to continue your work which may be on the more radical end of the spectrum but like it's necessary like like just let them do it you know yeah so i appreciated learning that about um harriet and it really does it doesn't do as much as maybe I would, but it definitely touches on what you said, which is her God-driven uh, life. Like her relationship with God is like a whole theme in the book as well. I think the author has some blind spots related to spirituality because I think there's a whole lot of Christian baggage that kind of gets in the way mm-hmm. and understanding her spirituality in a more holistic and even an African context really helps you understand Harriet better. So not a lot of that is in here, but I guess that's yeah. my job. That's awesome. See, see there, I didn't learn. I didn't got me a new book that I can that, that I can get because I'm I'm not familiar with this book. And that actually, saying that is actually helpful for me because, you know, I'm always in very interesting spots because I I feel very, and I didn't even know that was kind of an ideology of Nana Harriet, but I feel that way too. Like my personal comrades, you know, some of my personal comrades are in ATR. Some of my personal comrades are Christians. Some of my personal comrades are Hebrew Israelites or Moors or mm-hmm. um, um, black capitalists or like these are all of like my my friends, my associates, my comrades, people who I my family members, my you know. And so I, I don't really have a. everybody has their idea of how we're going to get there, you know. Some people think that it's going to be this that's going to do it. Some people think it's going to be that that is going to be do it. The reality is that most of us just don't know <laughs> what is going to be the thing mm-hmm. or collection of things that's going to, but that's going to you know bring about you know the liberation that we need. Um, what I do know is that there's a lot of people for, who are in different lanes who have really good ideas um on on what it is that we need to do whether you agree with with the black capitalists or not we gonna need capital to get it done whatever it is that we're trying to do whether it's resource capital uh uh, precious metal capital uh dollar capital crypto capital whatever it is we're gonna need something Mm -hmm. like that so it would behoove us to have conversations with that if you think there's a socialist aspect that needs to happen Hey, I I think I believe in equity and 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 things like that, and we may need to take, you know, aspects of that and 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 push what we're trying to do. We definitely need spirituality and ways to tend to our spiritual selves on this journey, and so that's extremely important too. Whatever it is, and that's how I am. It's like whatever it is you're trying to do, you know, as long as you're not impeding what I'm trying to do, and we're kind of moving in the same general direction, we don't have to take the same exact route. Um, and, and I'm not so tied to ideology that I can't connect to somebody who has a seemingly opposing, um, mm-hmm. um, ideology to me, you know what I'm saying? Cause yeah. some of my favorite people, you know, yeah. are people who, you know, on surface level will be like, why would you even talk to them? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, but we're talking and we yeah. have to be still be able to talk, yes. you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So. Um, um, that just inspired me a little bit, you know, hearing a little bit more about uh, Nana Harriet and kind of, you know, I probably will sit and reflect a little bit on that and, you know, probably even get the book and, and, and read it and reflect on that. 
um, just to kind of help um, shape how I continue to engage um, our people moving ahead. So I appreciate that. See, I done learned me some, y'all. Y'all better <laughs> learn some. <laughs> but yeah, so um, so what are some interesting, um, you know, kind of tidbits that you have kind of discovered about, you know, Nana Harriet along your own personal journey with her, really? <laughs> um, you know, that kind of was interesting and delighting and surprising or or just made an emotional impact on you wow um so yeah so I always tell people that like mo like people sometimes get in like my dms and be like how did you know that about Harry and I'll be like she told me <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> like I don't have an archival source for that sir um so yeah so Harriet for me has become just a a spirit like a living communicating entity in my life right so she's like so randomly a, a sister in our community up here gave me a sketch that she made of Harriet like she just like after a talk I did she just said I want you to have this and I was like oh okay like you just yeah. Harriet so I put it on my ancestor altar which you know she's not necessarily in my bloodline that I know of but she wanted to be there. I, I felt it in my spirit that she was supposed to be there. And like she, like that book that I just showed, like I feel like she read it with me and helped me see things that the author didn't catch, but the author put. So the author was just obedient to putting the words in, right? William, uh, William Still's words and Harriet's words and uh, Garrett's words and all these other people, abolitionists and others who worked with her, like she stayed true to their words, right? But we are the ones, the historians and others, we're supposed to do the interpretation. So Harriet helped me look at the words and see what else was going on. And so for instance, like the notion of spiritual baths, mm. you know, and Harriet um, taking those spiritual baths, you know, and, um, you know, just says she, she, bathe in the, in the river or whatever. But like in my, in my, in my mind, as I'm reading and I'm, I'm, I'm getting, I'm being shown things. Like I'm being shown that there were herbs involved. She wasn't just kind of like dipping in the water, just to wash off. She was really actively spiritually cleansing herself. Like she stayed cleansing herself. She, you know, she, and, but like Harriet would also say that when she, from the time she was little, she would pray to be able to have the strength to fight for freedom, fight her enemies, fight people who try to keep, you know, keep her unfree. But in that, again, I'm, I'm hearing and I'm like, well, yeah, but she also would like wash off the fear. It wasn't that Harriet was completely fearless. It was that she was intentional about like washing it off. She would reset herself, you know, her energy um, because she knew she needed to be vibrating at a certain level to keep everybody else's spirits up and to keep everybody else strong. She would do those things for other people. Um, she would, she would like crack jokes and stuff when people were feeling a little doubtful or scared just to kind of distract them and kind of break up the energy. Mm -hmm. Everything I've learned about Harriet and that she has shown me specifically is she was an energy curator. Mm -hmm. You understand? Like she mm -hmm. would control the energy of her passengers. She mm -hmm. would, she would distract them when they started kind of getting frantic and antsy and, 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 and doubtful, you know, she would, um, there was a story and I'm, and don't miss, let me misquote, um, the book, but, um, like when I talk about her, her being the master of disguise and disguises, like, I mean, her, she was like a magician. Like she would, she was on a train and there were slave catchers on the train who were looking for her. Right. Cause Moses was a thing being able to yeah. catch Moses. Right. Um, and she held up <laughs> A newspaper to cover herself and she was praying that it was right side up because she was illiterate so she was you know. <laughs> and then you know I, again someone has to correct me because it's been a minute since I've actually looked through that book in detail but she um she's unsure about this so she just puts the newspaper down and starts cracking jokes and has everybody like in stitches and is able to get off the train at the next stop before these guys even know that like they've been cracking up at this at the person they're looking for. Like oh they didn't even goodness. know she was sitting right in front of them. That is a cool story. Entertaining on the train, right? And um, and another thing is, and this is this is related to you, I think, and this is another another lesson I've took I've taken from Harriet about sisterhood, because I consider you one of the people that you know I've been in sisterhood with. Absolutely, um, you are my um, sister. 
my sister. Yeah, my sister. Yeah, yeah. You are, you are my, my rapper, my rapper sister. My, you yeah. tie your rapper, your rapper, yes. You tie our rapper together. Um. <laughs> 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 so, so yeah, so Harriet, you know, she kept other strong women around her. Mm-hmm. You know, she had other examples. I think that's one thing that, again, bothered me about the movie. Like, I didn't, I don't know, I didn't, but I think I didn't take her mom to be I guess, you know, her mom to be as fragile, maybe, as she was depicted mm-hmm. in the film, but maybe there's some basis for that that I just am not aware of. But these other women who were in some of these trains, you know, the, the her her passengers right. were just as, just about it as Harriet, you yeah. know, and, yeah. um, were involved in all kinds of, um, they were disruptors. They were disruptors. Mm-hmm. Like they would in- intervene in situations they would defend themselves. Harriet wasn't always the one packing the pistol and, and pulling out her gun on people. Mm. It was other people involved and some of them were women. Um, there were mothers who were traveling with her with their babies. Mm. Um, and so they had to be just as tough, just as strong as, as, as fancy as Harriet is in that new picture that surfaced where she's in that really nice dress that, that everyone's been salivating over. Harriet can get down dirty and, and yeah. crawled through the mud with the best of them, but sh- but so did everyone else. And I don't know how they did it in all them skirts, but they Ooh, did. <laughs> Baby like, and skirts God. and corsets and blouse. Oh, what is fabulous. it? Bloom- bloomers? It's too much. It's too hot. It's too hot. It's hot out here. It's hot. I'm in there right now. I'm like, <laughs> we're doing this with what? Um, a, I want that to do it a t-shirt and some shorts yesterday and was like oh, how could <laughs> right. you do that with all them layers and tied up right. boots like what is happening right right so salute all the, to the, the mothers salute to the says it's it's too hot for living right now and she's out <laughs> here doing the most and they're they're out here in the brush doing the most uh, in, in, in the weather and in the cold right and in the cold the winters up here are miserable it's uh, like a nasty cold it's a ugh. It's the kind that like grips you in the bones, you know, and and yet she freed her brothers um, around Christmas, Christmas, around Christmas, yeah, you know. So just again, just Oof. just off that level of gangster, that level of, but that goes back to the spiritual question, like you know how when and you know this as a practitioner in ATR, but like when you go into a trance state. Mm. You know, some of that enables you to not feel the same pains and discomforts mm-hmm. in your body mm-hmm. that you might otherwise feel, right? This is why people can like swallow swords and eat fire and yeah. walk yeah. with hot coals and do all these other amazing things. And they do that to show us like spirit is here, like they, that I've, I've, I'm, I'm on this other side too, right? I've arrived there. But I, I wonder sometimes if Harriet wasn't also doing that, like in a entering into a trans state or, you know, kind of always in this one foot in one foot out state. Yeah. And that's why the narcolepsy was what it was. Yeah. And, and it, yeah, yeah, that, and, and when you were saying that I was thinking about that, her, her history, and I'm sure many people know, but any listeners that, that, that don't know, kind of talk about that, that aspect of her. Okay, so Harriet, when she was a preteen, um, was hit, struck on the head by some sort of blunt instrument. Um, there was some sort of conflict with an enslaved person who was trying to get away from a slave catcher. And she happened to be in, it, it was a general store, and she happened to be there at the same time. Some accounts say that she was trying to protect this individual and literally put her body in the way. And some people say she just kind of got caught in the middle of the conflict and got hit on the head. But in any case, there was a traumatic brain injury that happened that caused Harriet to have random spells where she would actually pass out and, and go unconscious. And I'm putting unconscious in quotes because Harriet could always remember what was happening around her while she was out. So she wasn't completely gone. She just wasn't in her body at the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yet, despite the fact that she could randomly have a spell and just be passed out, she still got people free. She worked around what some people would call a disability, but those enslaved people who went with her trusted this because every time she woke up, she had some new information. She was downloading from spirit. She would be like, God told me we're going this way. Even if it didn't seem to make sense, 
she was always right. She she always landed on her feet. The, she never lost the passenger. The group was safe. Um, and so they trusted that. So again, it's putting things in an African worldview. You see her spiritual gifts as an asset and not a liability. And, you know, so maybe it was her fate and her destiny that that in- injury should happen. But she definitely leaned very heavily on that. And she called it the voice of God. She had a direct link to God. And I think this enabled her to endure all kinds of physical discomfort, maybe. Um, I think also if we look at her skill set, there's herbalism in there that was very, very real. People relied on that as well to, to, to quiet babies. Um, she was curing soldiers of these epidemic diseases that would move through these camps. There's a lot of good historical work that come out relatively recently about disease during the Civil War and in the aftermath of the Civil War. A lot of people died from disease, not from gun violence. Mm-hmm. No, not from actually getting shot by a cannon or a rifle, but like dysentery. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So... So, but Harriet never got sick, but she was around these people all the time. She was a, she wasn't just a scout. She wasn't just a spy for the army. She was a nurse. Mm-hmm. And, and so that herbal knowledge came in handy once again. And I'm again, so I go back to the original question, which is, I wonder if there wasn't something she gave everybody a little something to chew on to help them not feel as cold or not feel as hot or not. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The, 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 the deeper I go into studying African cultural knowledge um, and even the ways in which we interacted with the native people of this land to learn about their plant knowledge. Right, right. The more I'm amazed at the things that these plants could do and, I, and, and how important our relationship was with the plant life here. Um, so again, walking through the woods at these historical sites and stuff, I'm like, oh my God, like I'm probably looking at amazing medicines all around me. Mm-hmm. And Harriet saw a world of medicine. She was like, I have everything I need. Let's just go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, just it's just fascinating stuff. It's super amazing, super amazing. Um, I'm I'm always, I'm always um, super inspired by Harriet because she's just she's like an ex, an exemplary example. And I always thought this as a child. I remember one of my favorite books to get when I was a child from my elementary. Uh, school library was always this Harriet Tubman book. I would get it like every month. I'd get it. Every month, I'd always just want to get the book. And when I would go to try to find it and somebody else had it, I'd be irate, you know. But one thing I always said, because we were always talking about in school leadership, I was like, gosh, she's a good leader. She's such a great leader. She is a leader. She is one of my model leaders, actually. And, and, you know, we're always talking about and hearing about leadership in the Black community. And, you know, and and leadership from women is just it just hasn't really been held up um you know in in the proper light um and 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 given the proper credit um um you know that's due to us yeah. you know um a a lot of um you know can you imagine if like let's say like um Nana Fanny Lou Hamer had the same following as um um, Elijah Muhammad, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, just, just how people gravitate towards maleness as leadership when really it's about who's qualified, who is qualified to do X, Y, Z. Um, yeah. um, and so I always, um, keep her in high regard in, in a lot of our, our women warriors were natural leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, right. um, just, just across the board. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, just give me some some of your thoughts on that and and, yeah. and 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 your personal views. Well, one one thing I will say is I actually see a lot of how I imagine Harriet in you, in the mm-hmm. way that you operate. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's really, really important because I think there is um there's a youthfulness that she had. There is like a, a high energy, like she had a capacity to do so many different things at a, mm-hmm. a, a time. You do like so many different Lord. things. There many pots. Yes. There are many pots. And Harriet never felt like she had to make one choice and do only one thing. Mm-hmm. She could be good at a lot of different things and allowed herself to use all of them to to, yeah. to meet her goals. Um, but that's what a leader is. A leader is adaptive, a leader is flexible. Um, the way that black people have started to black and white people have looked at Harriet, particularly that gun, that gun narrative where she put, you know, she she pull a gun on someone who wanted to go back and yeah. stuff like that. 
which is not true, but um, I think we, unfortunately, that's almost like a, a reflection of trauma. Like we need our leaders to be hard nosed. We need to, we need to fear them. And, um, and I think, again, that's our trauma from being oppressed through violence and the threat of violence. Um, but that's not what Harriet was doing. She was a compassionate leader. She led through comfort and yes, by holding people to a high standard and yes, by being stern when necessary. Right. But she just wasn't randomly threatening people with, you know, death like that. You know what I mean? She was very clear that, you know, the people who she would be okay with killing are slave catchers and real enemies. Right. Right. And um, of course, a person who went back was would be considered a liability. But I don't think she needed to get to that point because she was such an excellent leader. Um, so I, I think that there is maybe a feminine way of being a leader, maybe, I don't know, or an approach to leadership that isn't all aggression, that isn't all violent. I'll say that, that's more accurate. And um, it's not being a leader through intimidation and fear. Um, and she definitely exemplified that she was a creative leader. So we have compassion, we have creativity, we have flexibility, we have resourcefulness and adaptability. Like I said, she was a master of disguise. I think as much as she was okay with and grounded in her femininity, she was definitely okay also connecting with her masculine side to accomplish things, even if that meant dressing like a man, mm-hmm. changing her, you know, deepening her voice to talk like a man. She was, you know what I mean? She, um, she, she was able to embody whatever energy she needed for the moment. And that's what I think a leader can do. If we hold on to Western gender baggage, then we don't access our full ability to be these well-rounded community members, well-rounded leaders, because we're like, I got to fit in this feminine box. I can't do that. I can't, I can't wear pants. Like if Harriet one day was like, I could never wear pants. I could never, you know what I mean? How how would she have missed out if someone judged her for it? Yeah. For instance. Um, But we weren't, we weren't caught up in all of that the way we are today. Our gender conversations are so short-sighted. Our ancestors weren't worried about all that. Like we didn't have a problem with feminine leadership or female leadership like we do now. Right. Like I think after the end of slavery, I think we've kind of moved backwards towards someone else's gender norms. Even those of us who consider ourselves African centered, I see a lot of like, that's Western patriarchy. You, you don't really see that because you got dashiki on, but like, <laughs> okay, but like, really traditional. We got to go a little farther back than the last 500 years and see what, what we were doing way before Um, in terms of what gender really meant or didn't mean. I think it just didn't have as much meaning, as as importance Mm -hmm. as we give it. Harriet is a highly qualified human being who could get us out. I'm going to go with that, right? I think that's as complicated as it was for people. And maybe some of the people who bucked against her leadership were people who kind of represent that first group who kind of started buying into the nonsense. Mm -hmm. You know, like I've seen the film... It said one of her brothers or one of the passengers, one of the guys was like not okay with her leading. And then she had to show him essentially by like calling on God and then God saying, we're going to walk through this deep river and we're going to be up to our necks with water, but we're going to make it. Yeah. And after that, he was convinced. But, um, and I and still feel like we're in that moment where black women have to prove themselves highly capable um, and, and still kind of feel doubted and questioned and stuff by people who are just um carrying a lot of that baggage and are still uncomfortable with women leadership i love those t-shirts that say trust black women (laughs) (laughs) you know all obviously on an individual level everyone can't be trusted for everything yeah uh but one of the things i interpret from that t-shirt one of the things that i try to do in my work is bring out the stories of black women who were trusted and could be trusted and should have been trusted and show them how our leadership has always been composed of men and women. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's who we are. And if we're, if we're moving away from that, then we're moving farther away from liberation. Man, man, man. I ain't saying nothing after that. <laughs> I ain't saying nothing after that. <laughs> you heard what she said. She said what she said. <laughs> No, but uh, no, no, thank you for that. That that's a that's a beautiful way to kind of, um, you know, close out the energy of this conversation. 
Um, and I just, um, you know, I, I, I'm actually kind of glad Kanye said that just so we could have this conversation. <laughs> um, <laughs> because I was, I was thinking about talking a little bit about Harriet a couple weeks ago when we spoke, I was like, yeah, we could touch a little bit on Harriet, but I'm glad that, 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 that his comment kind of sparked, um, this kind of more in-depth, more intimate conversation, um, about who she is and why it's so important for us to have, to get more, you know, more layered, deeper, more nuanced information and have deeper conversations, um, about our, our revolutionary, um, leaders. Um, so that when people start coming off the cuff with all kinds of stuff, you know, that it didn't come from a place of deep thought and study and synchronization of information and taking in a lot of different, um, viewpoints. And so I'm appreciative for it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, where can people find you if they, if they want to catch up with you or follow what you're doing or. Okay. Um, yes, I'm, I'm trying to work on some stuff. Um, I am on, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'll figure it out. I'm on Instagram at Ieli Ichile. So it's I Y E L L I I C H I L E. And um, I am on Twitter at Dr. Ichile, so at D-R-I-C-H-I-L-E. And I'm on Facebook. I have a Facebook page, uh, Dr. Ieli Ichile on Facebook. And, uh, you know, I'm out here in these streets, you know. In these streets. Make sure you <laughs> follow my sister right here. You can follow me. I'm TT Talks. I have a Facebook group, TT Talks. On IG, I'm at TT Talks. On Twitter, I'm at Miss, that's M-S-T-T Talks. So, you know, follow us. We're some cool chicks who have a lot of interesting things to say. Uh, Dr. Chile, thank you so much. Always good to see you. Uh, yes, y'all enjoy. Make sure you share this video now. Peace. Yay.